You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's start off with a lot of news regarding football, guys. As you well know, fall camp has started at Auburn University. Guys have taken to the field. Harson addressed the media on Thursday as well, and... A lot of observations has come out of the weekend. Let's let's just start with one of the first observations, guys. T.J. Finley and Zach Calzada are splitting time with the ones. T.J. Finley, of course, got involved in a little situation that Harson kind of pretty much put to bed. And we saw on Friday morning, T.J. was out there practicing, working with the ones. Nothing big there, but... Thoughts so far about this quarterback race, uh, many people over the offseason, it seemed, and, and Mike, you alluded to it, I think we all agreed, it seemed like Zach Calzada uh, won the offseason in terms of perception. Mm. Some of the videos that came out of him throwing the receivers, looking good in the process, but here we are, two practices in, and it appears to still be a pretty big battle between Finley and Calzada. Thoughts on that, Mike? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. So we cautioned everybody early about, you know, what things look like. Um, I think that this is a really good quarterback room. I think this is one of the best quarterback rooms as a whole that we've had in a really long time uh, with Calzada, um, uh, TJ, Robbie, and uh, the young gun, Holden Garner. So uh, we saw the improvements that Bo made last year. There's no reason to believe that this staff can't work their same magic with the guys who are in this room as well. If you don't think that our quarterback last year improved over the year before, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, but I think I think we should credit a lot of that to the current staff. So um, I, development is 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 not I don't know man I just don't think it's based on 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 one player it's it's a coaching staff thing that's why these other programs in the SEC the top half of the programs do so well year in and year out is they identify uh evaluate and develop talent at a high level I think that we're on the develop part is is where they're trying to catch up with the guys that they have uh identify um you know and evaluate will come in recruiting down the road they're doing it as we speak but uh, I think I think that we have a, a quarterback race. It'll be interesting to see when they decide to name somebody because you got to start getting ready for game one here in about a week and a half. So yeah. um, uh, it'll be interesting to see if anybody pulls away in these first few days. We know from talking to our guy Chris Todd, a lot can happen in a week in fall yeah. camp. Yeah. <laughs> a lot can happen. So um, we'll keep our eyes peeled. Uh, either way, I feel good about plan B this year. 
whatever that yep. is. Yeah, whatever that is, I feel I feel better about Plan B than I did last year. Be will. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the QB race? To pre- and and you know we have to preface everything. There hasn't been no scrimmage yet, right? That will officially separate whoever in the in the in the competition. But I want to know your thoughts so far as to what you've observed as it pertains to the, to the QB battle. Well, what you just said was important. There has been no scrimmage. All right, we've heard for years uh well we had a good week of practice and that's not just from any one coach we've heard many coaches say well we had a really good week of practice sometime that that showed itself because a coach wins a game that um a team wins a game nobody expects them to win and they say coaches well you know what i knew it was going to happen because we had a really good week of practice this week and other times i saw um quarterback play look malignant and i just assumed i was like man bo Nix must be the best practice player ever because when those bullets aren't, or when those are, are rubber bullets in there, he must look great. Because when the real games, he's looking rough. Yet we're not pulling them. We're not going to anybody else. There's a huge difference between understanding the playbook, knowing what you're supposed to do, and then executing under pressure. Mm-hmm. And that pressure is only some of the pressure when you're scrimmaging. The pressure when you're scrimmaging has to be for your job. For it's not for your physical safety. You're not going to feel pain. If you miss, uh, if you hold that ball too long in the scrimmage. So I'm, I want scrimmage. I want scrimmage. TJ Finley should be able to compete in a practice setting because he has a longer head start than anybody else on this roster. So if he could not at least kind of sort of be in the mix for the lead right now, then that would be, I don't, I, I would worry about his status it's on concerning. the roster at all. Yeah, right. would be concerning. Yeah, sure. That would be for concerning. Sure. So he's where he should be considering how long he's been here and uh, how close he's been um, to this staff and, and with the offense for as long as he has been. But the real differentiator is going to be scrimmages. That's when the defense is trying to game you. That's when those guys back there are licking their chops to show what they worked on in the offseason, their closing speed, um, them reading uh, these routes and, and trying to pick stuff off. That's when we'll see true separation. If there is going to be, hopefully it's extremely tight. Like two guys playing well, not two guys playing poorly or mediocre, but two guys playing well. And it comes down to uh, the second scrimmage, which is when, if I remember last year, they started with, you know, some, some players at quarterback position, and then they switched it for the second scrimmage and different guys played and, and all that type of stuff. The second scrimmage, I think, is what will tell us the most about what the status of the quarterback battle is. We're not there yet. I'm glad TJ's still in the mix. I don't want Calzada to just get handed the job. And as much as Harson talks about competition, I don't think he wants him to just get handed the job either. I don't think he Thanks. wants anybody handed the job. Thanks. So let him battle it out. Yes, TJ should be out here with the with the ones, I guess, if you want to call it that, at this point in the fall camp, because he's had the longest head start. So um, but hopefully what that also tells us is that we saw Harson's uh, the little Top Gun vid that they put out from the football account. Yeah, this is this is what this is what Ken Willis uh, asked that y'all see AU football's Top Gun video. So. That was so cool. You know what else that was though? Recruiting. You know why I was recruiting? Did you hear what Harson was talking about? You're gonna know every audible and shift and motion. Good. That's quarterbacking. It makes me wonder so much. What was the quarterback room like before? What were they getting taught? Do what I tell you to do. It seems like that was it because I you, you very rarely saw our quarterbacks take control of the game, or at least it wasn't visible that they were doing that. But now it seems like Harson wants to teach quarterbacks how to play the position in full scope, mentally, physically, 
um, knowing everything that there is to know about what this offense can do and knowing how to operate it. And I don't think you're in the running for the leading spot unless you are equipped to do that. So at the very least, it tells me TJ is mentally prepared for this fall camp and that Calzada is as well. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, some of the talk out of fall campus about this particular guy. He asked, facts or not, nah, Camden Brown makes an all-SEC freshman team. Thoughts on Camden Brown? It was noted that he was participating yesterday with the veterans in the morning session. Uh, and that's something to make note of as well. Of course, the practices have been split into a morning session and an evening session with the veterans practicing earlier in the day. The newcomers or some of the younger second-year players are practicing in the evening. But Camden Brown, who hadn't been on campus long, was practicing with the veterans on yesterday. What do we make of that on day two? I am really impressed that they put him with the veterans day two. I don't even know if he was here on campus for the for the summer conditioning. I know he was here at the start of, of, of fall. Right. Um, I, I don't know exactly when he got here, but... He didn't get this spring uh, reps with with the the offense. He didn't get the strength and conditioning program in the spring. At the earliest, he got here when summer conditioning started, which is, I think it's early June. It's like early June, right? Yeah. Ah, that means he's a monster. Like, I remember Shedrick uh, reading the through the transcript of his interview and him saying, that's a really strong dude. Strength is is noticeable. It is an advantage for him. And that just makes me wonder, oh, we could he carve out the space for himself? Do we have somebody else with that same skill set? Because if we do, my guess is that the more experienced guy would get the start. But if we don't have anybody who's as strong leaping ability as Camden Brown is reportedly going to be early, then I guess it's going to be how soon can he learn the playbook? And we might be seeing him sooner than many people thought. My G, I know we, t- we talked about the wide receiver room. And we're excited about the young guys. We're excited about the Camden Browns. We're excited about, you know, the the, the Jay Fairs and whatnot. So to hear Camden Brown's name being mentioned this early prior to a scrimmage makes you think that there's an opportunity for him to actually see the field and get and, and get an opportunity. Your thoughts? Yeah, we heard reports of him physically dominating in some of these uh, offseason workouts in any scrimmages uh he's a physical specimen uh this kid can play ball i i think it's a good thing i think it's a good thing that they're they're going to play the best guy right right and i don't think it would be because the guys that we have aren't as good i think it's because he may be better than expected much better than expected so uh i like the idea of no favorites man (laughs) No, no more favoritism. Play the guest, best guy. Get them out there. And every once in a while, you get a dynamic freshman who uh, comes in and does something like what Kayshawn Butte did his first year at LSU as a freshman. I mean, come on, man. This kid went on there and had a 300-yard receiving game yeah. as a freshman, right? Um, so I'm interested to see if Auburn can start to have players break out in their first season that way. I think it's going to be a good signal to recruits as well, too. Like, hey, if I'm the best guy— I want to be the next Kayshawn Boutte. I want to be the next Camden Brown. I want to be the next dynamic freshman that goes someplace, takes a spot from somebody, and you know dominates for three years and leads for the league. Right. So I think it's a good sign that uh, they're bringing in somebody who is pushing the veterans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in case of injury, you have a guy who's going to be next man up. 
Right. So you need a plan B. You got to have a plan B. It's the SEC. So, you know, injuries will, will make your plan B become your plan A real fast. Camden Brown, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be plan B or plan A, but I really am looking forward to seeing uh, some of these kids on the field in the first two. The first two games are a blessing for what we're talking about, too. Right. Weak opponents that if we're blowing them out, we might get a chance to see him in action in these first two games. Mm-hmm. And, ser- and not garbage time action, like early third quarter action where they're actually going to be still playing football and not right. trying to run the clock out. Right. So we'll see what happens in these first two games with Camden. Imani Smoot says, I can't lie. I'm so excited to see this defense. If our offense is solid, I believe we can make the playoffs and win the national championship. I'm going to believe it until otherwise. Hey, I know I put $200 believe on it. Believe it for it, me. So. Believe it for me. <laughs> yeah, I put $200 on it, it, so I'm rooting for that. <laughs> Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Uh, One of the the things I want to note about the defense, talking about newcomers, is I read where Jeffrey Embaugh actually uh, was participating in the morning session as well. Mm. Uh, and this is someone, Mike G, you've been real excited about it, but one of the things one of the things that was his, his positive was his size. Big dude, yep. strong dude, uh, freakish athlete, but hasn't been playing a lot of ball long. So the question was is how fast can they get him along to where he can actually contribute? Seeing him playing in the, or participating in the morning session has to be a good sign, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it is. I wouldn't read too much into the morning session, evening session thing at this point, right? right. Um, Tuberville used to, essentially, they had like a freshman camp, kind of, during two days, where the first day, the freshmen would all just go out. And it didn't mean you weren't going to play or you were already on the second team. It was kind of their way of just slowly adjusting some of the new guys in to the process in the program. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't have all freshmen out there because you wouldn't be able to field a whole, you know what right. I mean? The offense. A practice yeah. squad. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, I expect to see them mix it up a little bit. And, and you know, I just, I, don't, I know it's day one of camp. I just wouldn't, I'd caution everybody about reading too much into who went in the morning session and who went in the evening session right now. And if in a week we're still having the same conversation, sure. But right now, Anything can happen in these first couple days. So for Emba, I am excited about him. I'm wondering about conditioning, seeing how he was injured and how quickly he's going to be able to get up to game speed. I don't think we need him game one, so he's got some time to catch up. But I want to see if he can get game ready in terms of conditioning. And I expect to rotate a lot of guys on D-line. They're going to try to stay fresh. Depending on what happens on offense, that might be a necessity. So Jeffrey Emba, number one Juco in the land. This was the number one Juco player in the land. You do not earn that designation if you don't have some skill. So I'm looking forward to seeing him come on the field. Uh, Remember Nick Fairley? Remember that little known Juco (laughs) that just came in and just wrecked all the way to a national title? Name sounds familiar. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to I think I'm not saying that, you know, Emba is going to be the next Nick Fairley. I'm just saying uh, these Juco's can come in and do some real damage 
right out the gate. And it's not going to all be on him. He's got talented guys who will be drawing attention, playing with him as well, too. So you've got Derek Hall and Ekuliota off the edge just causing problems and it, it just free. The more guys that dominate, the more one-on-one matchups somebody like Jeffrey Emba might get. And if I'm supremely confident in my own ability, I love one-on-one. Don't ever leave me one-on-one. That's how, that's how you're going to get got. Leave me one-on-one, right? So when you have enough guys that can dominate, you don't have a choice. You just have to pick your poison. You know, when yeah. you had guys like Derrick Brown, he, I mean, he saw so many double teams. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, they just did whatever they right. could to stop him, and other guys ate because of it. I think this might be a similar kind of situation. For sure, for sure. Uh, and Harson talked about, speaking of defensive line, he mentioned that Jeremiah Wright is moving back to the defensive line from the offensive line position. And, mm-hmm. you know, he mentioned that that was what he he wanted to do uh, in conversations with him. And so, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, how are we looking on offensive line versus uh, the depth we already have kind of established on D-line? Right is right now, according to the Auburn website, the biggest guy we have on the D-line. And we mm. talked a lot about Jason Jones and how big he is. Uh, so Jason Jones already working with the first team, but what's the likelihood that we see Jeremiah Wright come in and kind of switch some things up? Uh, remember, they was raving about him until his injury last year. Right. And so, you know, you have to wonder about his ability to contribute. Maybe he's ready to go. Maybe he's ready to pick up where he left off. But your thoughts on that, I'll be will. I'm wondering a lot about how that defensive line is going to look, not only with uh, Jeremiah Wright, but, I mean, we got a lot of dudes. We've got two who we know are going to start, and I'm counting the edge as the line in, in this case with Kobe Wooden. We know he's he could have gone to the draft, and he would have gotten drafted. How soon he would have gotten drafted, I don't know. But he is an NFL player who decided to do us a favor and stick around for his last year, so he's mm-hmm. number one. Um, Derek Hall is a certified NFL pass rushing edge. Again, he could have gone to the draft and he would have gotten drafted. How soon? I'm not sure. But we've got two NFL players already on that line. If you're telling me that Jeremiah Wright is going to be in at defensive tackle, then that means he would have to be beating out uh, Marcus Harris. Or depending on the uh, alignment, if it's a a 3-5 type thing, then we could have three down defensive linemen and Kobe Kobe Wooden would be one of those guys. Marcus Harris might be, but Jason Jones has a higher likelihood of being a a player on that line early if we're in a 3-5 alignment. If we're only four, then we only got two defensive tackles, then I wonder who that second one is going to be next to Kobe Wooden because Kobe Wooden is going to be one of them. I don't know how that looks because I don't know if his size means that Jeremiah Wright is going to kind of be playing the nose tackle position the same way that Jason Jones would. And at this point, I don't know. Does does his transition to offensive line leave him a little behind as far as development, as far as right. what he was physically training to do in the offseason? You know, I don't know. I don't know when, even when Jeremiah Wright decided to come back to defensive line. But um, it seems that he's one of those types of players that just has it his aggression and his physical ability. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been... He was actually... He played both ways in high school. So it's not like it's foreign to him. Right. So he has the ability to transition between those two positions. So I would love to see some of that promise that we heard about early last spring. Uh, we we heard him just really showing and showing well in the spring of 2021. And, you know, it was a little disappointing that he went to offensive line, but we knew we needed depth there. So it makes sense. 
I would love to see what it was on defensive line that he was starting to do that made him uh, the talk of, of the team last year around uh, 16, 17 months ago. Who else on that defensive line improved, though? So if Jeffrey Mumba is raw, we've got time, then cool. You know, let, let, him, let him simmer on the bench for a little bit. Let him work. Let him, let him get through these practices. And, and not, I don't think the physicality of the competition is going to be the biggest issue for Mumba. I think it's going to be technique and, and skill set is really what it's going to be. When you're in Juco, when you're his size and his strength, you can plow your way through the competition just off sheer physical ability. But at this level, you have to have that physical ability, that strength, uh, that quickness, but you also have to be skilled with your hands and your feet. And that's probably what he's missing the most. But I think we got a good coaching staff that can give him those things. But it makes me wonder, okay, if it's not going to be him, is Mar- did Marcus Harris improve at the same rate where everybody else improved? He wasn't a slouch for us. He's got some things to work on. His strength needed to improve. He's still in that room. Um, Marquise Burks is still in that room. We got a lot of dudes who who came back. And by all accounts, everybody is improving at an astronomical rate. The level of competition is high. If it's not Jeremiah Wright, at least I think we are all in agreement that we believe the best second defensive tackle is going to be there in a 4-3 alignment. And even though I don't know who it is, I'm excited because I think they're going to be better than last year. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you'll see a more well-rounded group down there um, this year than last year. I mean, we had we had some dogs last year. Uh, this year, I just think uh, they have a chance to be a little bit a little bit more balanced, and you're going to see a lot of guys contribute. Uh, you know, when we talk to old heads like Ben Grubbs, the idea of, of changing positions, you know, um, is part of the evaluation process that the staff has to make. Right? Somebody told Ben Grubbs, "Hey, man, I know." You play defense your whole life, but you'll make a lot of money in the NFL if you switch to O-line. He did it. He switched to guard and had a nine-year career in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it was it was a great decision for him, and those guys had to trust those evaluations. This staff is giving me those same kind of vibes. And we just did. We weren't seeing that before. Every time somebody changed positions before, it seems like it was a disaster. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the only uh, notable one, I think, would be like, I think Noah Igbenogamy yes. started at wide receiver and then changed yeah. the DB. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the only ones I can think of that was a success story, but a lot of the other position changes just didn't work out. So yeah. I'm hoping this staff is better at that than the last staff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's get to this. Thomas Jones, we appreciate your super sticker. And your question that you're asking us is uh, maybe not top 10 defense, but definitely a top 20 defense this year. Mm-hmm. Guys, what are our thoughts? This could be a facts or not question, but uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts about this year's defense and its potential? Listen, shut out. <laughs> there you go. Starting early. Yeah, starting early. There yes. he goes. Okay. Maybe not top 10. Yes, absolutely top 10. These guys have had that kind of, I think if, if we were a more well-rounded team, you could have seen a top 10 defense last year. Yeah. Yeah, if they for sure. Losing, for sure. We weren't losing time of possession and putting up against the eight ball all the time. You might have uh, I mean, this was a pretty good uh, defense that just, you know, they had holes in the past game. Uh, but I think you're, you're going to see that switch up. We're going to see a little bit more man this year. Um, and, you know, fans were begging for it. So you're going to see whether that's a good idea or not. And, and I think there's a good chance that we see uh, a dominant defense. Um, I'm not really that worried about defense. I only, only, thing that makes me concerned about defense is can we shorten the game for them 
Can we yeah. shorten the game for yeah. the defense with yeah. long drives and limit sure. the amount of plays that they are on the field so they can shut teams down in the fourth quarter? So they yeah. can be dominant rather than back on their heels a la Iron Bowl. Right. Struggling. Right. You know, to stop a Heisman winner after your offense did nothing for three and a half quarters. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm, and those guys, I look what Derek Brown told us during his interview. He said, like, listen, man, we can't worry about what they're doing. It's like a fireman. When you get called, you just show up and put the fire out. That's it. Yeah. And I love that attitude. But the truth is they need some help. <laughs> they need some help from the <laughs> offense this year. I hope they get it. <laughs> well, and, and again, the Georgia game showed us how this team is built to have to beat teams. Right. Georgia was able to move the ball on offense. And their defense stayed particularly fresh. And they were able to grind out the opposition on offense. That's what Auburn is building up a team to be able to do. Yeah, it was and a so low-scoring game through two and a half quarters. Season. Absolutely, like right. we, were ma- we were matched up, but it's just they got the mm-hmm. they got going on offense. We didn't, and our defense wore out first. And yeah, so that's it. That was if it. we keep that's the it. offense going, we're our, the defense is still playing at a high level. So right. the potential is absolutely yeah. So the potential is there. Yeah. So I I I think we have a chance. It's going to depend on a lot. You know, we have to stay healthy, and some of these JUCO guys that they brought in, I think are going to have to step up. I hate talking about injuries at this point in the season, but it's just such a long season in the SEC, particularly on defense, and you just want to have a backup plan for your backup plan. Uh, I think that they have that. You know, Keontae Scott is on campus now. I'm excited about that. You know, some of these guys at Marquise Gilbert, he's another one of those Juco newcomers. Number one safety, number one corner, number one Mm -hmm. overall Juco player, all on defense came in this year. Right. That could, I mean, if those guys pan out, that's a drastically looking defense from last year. Like yeah. it's different, you know what I mean? Those, yeah. if all right. those guys end up being impact guys, combined with Owen Papo, Derek Hall, Echo Leota, uh, uh, Marquise Burks, Kobe Wooden, that defense is ridiculous. Not to mention Nehemiah Pritchett, who is the fastest guy on the team, and Jalen Simpson, who is a hard hitter in the in the, in the secondary. Come on, man. This team has a chance that if they can scheme it right and put them in the right positions, this chance, this team, this defense has a chance to be dominant. I'm looking for sure. forward to it. I'm keeping my eyes on for uh, Zion Puckett as well. I'm mm, yeah. definitely looking to see if he takes that next step as an enforcer back there. Um, and DJ James. Yeah. DJ James. And DJ James. Yeah. yeah like, come on, sure. man. <laughs> <laughs>